Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, I am joined by the founder of Fearless Business. He's a regular speaker and the author of three books, including the online business startup, The Marketing Machine, and a recent release that he was kind enough to send me, Take Your Shot. He is a coach. He helps small business owners um, and previously led his own marketing agency for a little bit over a decade and is here today to dig into the nuances of productizing your services. So with all of that, Robin Waite, Thanks so much for being here today with us. Oh, it's a pleasure, Marcel. That's some introduction, isn't it, to live up to? <laughs> I do my best to hype it up, get everyone excited, but I really am um, excited to dive into this topic. It's one we've covered on the show before, but I think we can go even deeper on um, because it's such a great concept, this idea of productizing services. But before we nerd out on that, I'd love to give you a chance to explain in your own words who you serve and what you do. Yeah, so with Fearless Business, uh, we've been going now for five years. We help coaches, consultants and freelancers to get out of charging time for money. If so, if they're an hourly rate business currently, the idea is that we can sort of productize their business, uh, stop charging time for money. And typically what we tend to find is they're able to charge double or triple what the going rate is for whatever their services. So and we do that in a relatively short space of time. So typically we get um, the ideal result within about three months and it's absolutely life-changing for our clients. So I get a massive kick out of helping small business owners to, uh, I've done the corporate thing, uh, didn't enjoy it. With small business owners, you know, the foot soldiers, the people who really matter, you can actually see the results. So um, that that's what we get up to at Fearless Business. Great story. And I think it's indicative of a lot of other folks I've talked to that went down the productization path that had a similar experience where now that they're able to clearly articulate what it is that they do, the problem that's being solved, show examples of deliverables, like the the magic that comes with productizing your services that it, you get better at pitching it, all of a sudden the client starts responding to different price points. And so there's this, this double effect that increases margin, of course, right? The, pri the pricing goes up and to your point, the process can get condensed. So I wanna dig into this. Um, what does it really mean to productize the service? Let's start there. When somebody is running a more traditional agency, they're used to doing all kinds of different services, having clients come to them with unique problems and then approaching each of those problems in a somewhat unique way. What is the, the mindset shift, the new definition for what is what we're referring to as a productized service? What should that really mean to someone who's listening? Yeah, it, it's really about the specifics. And this is this is one of my favorite words in business. Like you've got to get super specific. There's two things that you mentioned there about the market niche being one and then going seven layers deep on what, what problem it is that you're solving for your clients. But there's, there's three very simple levers which I look to pull when we're productizing a service. So ultimately, a, a, you know, when you're productizing, you should be able to identify what is the, the really clear and specific outcome or result you're going to deliver for your client. Mm. So if you can't articulate that, well, you're going to struggle to be able to productize anything. So you need to be, you know, and, and if you are a jack of all trades, master at none, like, you know, putting 10% of effort into 10 different things, like to get 100%. Well, if you put 10% of effort into anything, you're not going to get a particularly good result out of it. So what we do is we say, right, 
pick one thing, do it really well. What is the outcome or result you can get, you know, your clients will get from that. The second thing is it needs to be delivered over a very specific period of time. Okay. So if you were to think about, I don't know, a, a typical transformation business, like a fitness professional, for example, I know, or, or uh, in the agency space, that one day branding workshop, you know, the idea was that within one day, eight hours, we can come out of that workshop with uh, an electronic version of the art, like the logo, the artwork, plus a two page style guide. So they know how to use their new brand. It's, we've got all the color schemes and palettes laid out. And um, then beyond that, um, you know, we could we start to identify even photographs that we're going to use alongside their brand to represent them and things like that. But it all has to happen within that eight hour workshop. And there's a couple of caveats around some of this as well, which if we have time, we can go into. So got clearly defined result or outcome over a fixed period of time. And then the key thing is that it needs to be done for a fixed fee. OK, so the traditional way of kind of, you know, most agency owners like charging is going to be by the hour or by the day. But there's challenge. There's lots of challenges around that. And so, um, you know, if you've got a, a relatively inexperienced web designer, for example, it's going to take them a lot longer to do a piece of work for somebody and probably get poorer results than it is to do it for an experienced designer, web designer to produce a website. But the thing is, if they don't know what Robin and Marcel know about pricing and packaging and productization, and they're both charging $50 an hour, the guy who is better, you know, more experienced and does it in a quicker period of time gets paid less than the guy who is less experienced and does a poorer job. So you can already start to see that the whole hourly rate side of things is fundamentally flawed. Like ultimately, if they if they both ch like quote the same amount, so they both do a fixed price, remember the third lever, fixed price, job on this well now they've both got skin in the game it's actually the guy who's better at it is is better off financially because he's more experienced and able to do it in half the time um so those those three le levers are what we look at initially when we're starting to kind of package something up and productize it so let's dig into the first kind of piece of this which is identifying good candidates for productization in your agency how do we start thinking about um, identifying services that should be productized and starting to formulate what that might look like so i i do this it's a it's quite a simple sort of process really so you'll have a list of things that you can uh, well you can do this for both the market niche and the product niche actually but essentially create a matrix right so it's a simple like spreadsheet which has uh let's focus on the market niche for for now who would you most love to work with? Okay, so a list of pers perspective like types of client that you could work with, list those in a column. And then in the next column, you could put how passionate am I about working for these people? How confident in the second column, how confident am I that I could actually get a, a good result for these people? In the third comment, uh, uh, column, um, can this like niche actually afford to pay for our services? And then for each one of those categories, you can then mark them on a scale of one to 10. Okay, so, and then, you know, so what we've now got is a list of potential, you know, target markets that we could kind of dip into. And out, out of, you know, if we've marked each of those three different sort of um, uh, criteria out of a scale of 10. So, and essentially what we end up with is the one that scores the most, the one that we can get the best results is with, the one we love working with, the one that can afford to pay us. Um, that's the, the ideal market niche that we go into. It's the same process when you then move into pro uh, like the, the actual product niche, so the solution. So write down a list of all of the things that you could do, because you could be a great web designer, a great graphic designer, a great you name it, a great um, typesetter. Or, you know, there's all these different things that you probably could do as an agency owner or between your team. 
But actually, you'll be better at some than others. There will be some that are more profitable than others. So again, you can go through scale, you know, grade these things out on a scale of one to ten. And the one which makes you the most money, the one which you can do the fastest, the one that you can do the best, that's the one ultimately which you choose. So now you've got target market who, you know, meets all of those criteria and a product niche which meets all of those criteria. And that's and that, that's kind of like starts to build out two parts of the trifecta. And the thing is, if you look at most, so, and it's a trifecta for a reason, because the third niche is pricing niche, okay? If you look at any industry, there is only one out there who is the most expensive. And what I've seen, you know, is most common is the one that is most clear on the market niche is the best with their, you know, has got a very clearly defined product niche is the one which typically can charge the most, I, you know, covers off that pricing niche. And they're, they're also, they get the best results for their clients. They have the most reviews. They've been around the longest. And the clue is that despite the fact that they're the most expensive out there, they're still able to acquire clients and right. make, you know, a good income from it. And this is where I see a lot of pushback on productized services, right? It's creatives feel like they are basically neutering their creativity if they go into a productized service. But what I actually believe wholeheartedly is if we design our process well, it's actually going to enhance creativity because what you're going to do is you're going to define a, a process and that process will be at the level of fidelity that it needs to be to still allow for creativity in the pockets where it does need to exist. Like coming up with a logo for your client, that's still going to require creativity. The outcome might be the same, but the creative won't be the same. Of course not. You can't give every client the same logo, the same color palette, the same website, but you can still have the same process by which you come to a result that is that is good for that client and still ends up being you know custom to them. So don't conflate having a lot of process with not being creative. It's about creating pockets where the creativity can be guided and contained and have a framework so that it's consistent. Um, and it's not relying on these whims of brilliance, these late night ideas that you jot down on a notepad, like a little bit more of a chaotic process. Um, and you know that this is actually the way that mature creatives operate because when you go into an agency and you find the person who's been doing design for 30 years, they've usually figured it out by then that like, oh, you know what, um, going out and drinking until four in the morning and then coming up with a great idea and running home to my notepad to write it down. That's not really the way I work anymore. I have a process. I meditate in the morning. I read this book. I listen to a podcast that gets me in my creative zone. And then I sit down and I put in the work and I'm able to consistently produce. So like it, this is going to help mature the creative process. So I want to speak to that because I think it's, it's pushback that I hear all the time. I'm sure you hear it as well. Well, I, I'm going to be purposefully say something purposefully challenging here as well for the listeners. Um, so when when you have a creative who is um, sat there saying, oh, this this productized process is really stifling my creativity. I'd be like, that's pretty damn selfish, because actually, the, like the whole process to start, like the reason why you set up a business, right? The purpose of a business with well, two purposes. One is to make money, profit. Otherwise, like, what's the point? You're going to go out of business. It's not worth it. Second thing is to serve. Like you're here to serve the client. If you're sat there going, I, it's stifling my creativity. Well, all of a sudden it's all about you. How are you going to, if it's all about you, how are you ever going to be able to serve 100%? Because I always say to clients, like your, your focus needs to 100% be on the client. And if in the sales process, the marketing, the delivery, the fulfillment, if your ego starts to step in there, you're not, you're, you're going to be doing a disservice to your, your client. Imagine if, imagine if a surgeon 
all of a sudden, I don't know, like decided to get creative during uh, 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 <laughs> stitching up somebody's bleeding neck, right? You'd be like, no, that this isn't about your creativity, mate. Just stitch me up. I want to get out of this operation alive, okay? Like it would just be ridiculous. But I suppose the difference is, in, you know, in in design and things like that, it's it's not necessarily life or death. But I I do believe, like, if you have integrity, you should kind of think about it as that almost as though it is because you want to get the best result for your client. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. I want to actually take a step back, like in the context where somebody's billing by the hour, then of course, this is super straightforward. Now, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening who might be thinking, well, we already charge flat rates, so we're already kind of like productizing our services. But there's a really high likelihood that you're not. You've moved to what the industry is now doing, which is time and materials billing disguised as flat rates because clients don't have actually like the risk tolerance to take on time materials billing anymore. So you can't even do that. You're relegated to this even worse option, which is we're going to do a flat rate that is based on our assumptions about time and materials. And most of the time we don't scope those things properly. So we end up spending more time, often not less, or I've even seen some agencies that even worse than this, they will charge a flat rate, but they'll give the client back the difference if they end up being more efficient than they had planned, <laughs> which is like, oh, wow. <laughs> like why you're not even compensating yourself for taking on all the risk. You're, you're literally just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So if you're still in that world, I think the difference here is like, yes, there is scoping the project and figuring out what you think the cost basis is going to be. The key difference here is the scope should become more standard. So there's a lot less that you have to figure out. There might still be some things that you hear from the client or that you ask them that give you some sense of contingency to apply to that. But by and large, the scope should be similar in a productized service. So from there, it really is an exercise of now starting to push the price up based on what the value is to the client, while also, you know, ideally making the process easier on the back end. And I love this exercise for doing that because it's it's rooted in reality, which is other people for a similar scope of work are charging a lot more. And then what are you psychologically comfortable getting out there and pitching? And you're absolutely right. It's astonishing how much um, when you can clearly articulate it, clients will respond to a higher price point because at the end of the day, they're just trying to de-risk the investment. Well, the, the skill the skill to articulating value actually comes from, and this this is really important, actually, really, really important. You need to be a master at working out the return on investment your clients are going to get when they invest in you. I'm going to say that again because probably that didn't quite compute for some people. You need to become a master at working out the return on investment your clients get when they invest in you. Hmm. And I think a lot of creatives are very afraid of talking numbers and helping their clients to work out what this ROI is going to be, this return on investment is going to be. One, you know, any business when you're um, when somebody's buying your services, like you should be asking them, what's your turnover? What would you like your turnover to be? 
Um, what's your budget for this project? Because again, like you could be so far adrift in terms of like what their expectations are that it doesn't even matter what number you put out. Like it, it, it's irrespective. And you can also like a really great question. Very simple question is, um, you know, if we do, if we work together on this project, what is going to be a slam dunk for you and your business? Like what do you perceive to be a slam dunk for your business? What is going to be, what, what would be the ultimate result? So if we could get you an extra 10 clients, if we could measure that we increased your turnover by 10% through us working together. Yeah. Now the challenge here is again, especially when you're in something like graphic design, which is quite a subjective sort of, you know, um, uh, service, if you like, um, it's hard to measure the impact of a logo, but there are ways of quantifying it. Because things, ethereal things like logos, for example, can give people confidence. So, and that confidence can be translated into, um, you know, footfall through it. If you do logo design for, for cafes, for example, yeah. did the footfall increase once your logo went up outside your shop? You know, so there are going to be some things in that business, tangible things that you can actually measure. And when you get those numbers and you can help somebody work out what is the average customer lifetime value and uh, what, you know, what's your turnover, um, before and after, like you, you can then start to quantify the impact, which your, your products creates for that client. Hmm. Yeah. And it, the whole episode on value-based pricing, by the way, episode 27, I think we had Blair ends on the show. So if you want to go deeper on this concept, definitely refer, refer to that. But I, I think that is, it's a big idea. It's an important idea. And even, you know, when you get into large organizations, you might even be not even dealing with the benefit to the organization. You're just dealing with the benefit to that stakeholder, which can also be quantified in, in a really big way. Um, so that that's a great, a great thing to call out and a great skill um, to pay attention to. So what in your mind is kind of the margin that we should be aiming for at a baseline with a productized service and how high have you seen it go? Uh, so gr gross profit margins, minimum 50%, I'd say, but net profit, really a productized business should be pushing sort of 30% net profit. Um, you know, that's, that's the ultimate and that's a really healthy service business, service client business at that point. I think, um, you know, there's three things actually, which you, you talked about there, sort of time and materials, um, uh, and it's obvious we've talked, we have talked about this sort of during the episode, but, um, we may not, I may not have spelled it out. So there's three things that you need to put into actually pricing a product. Okay. So you, one of the questions you asked was what about those who've already kind of productized, but so they skipped the first step in that, you know, working out the hourly rate times, times, um, number of hours. So we've got time and materials, but we've also got other overheads and expenses that crop up in a business. Um, and then the final thing is then intellectual property. So quite often, you know, you've got these amazing, remarkable, um, you know, uh, creatives out there, but they're not like, literally you could, you could triple somebody's rate just because you include those three things in the calculation. So rather than just time and materials, um, and you know, it, it, a great example of this as well as, um, uh, it was the, 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 the story, I don't know how true it is, but the story everybody's heard is, you know, Picasso sat outside a cafe. And a woman walks up to him and says, oh, you're, you're that famous artist, aren't you? Can you draw me a picture? So he sketch, gets a napkin, sketches out a picture. It takes him five minutes. And then he hands it over to her and she says, that's amazing. How much is it? And he says, that's 10,000 francs. Bearing in mind, it's like 1920s or something. 10,000 francs. She says, that's just ridiculous. It took you five minutes. And he said, no, my dear, it took me 40 years. Because it's all about all of that intellectual property that you have to kind of, you right. know, knowledge and the, listening to podcasts and reading books and the actual practice of doing the work and things like that and getting those results. One, you asked about margins though. So one of, one of the really interesting things is then when you, if you're not charging enough, in effect, you're actually, what you're doing is offering a discount. 
just what you haven't done is called it a discount. Okay. If you're super cheap because you think that's how to get clients, you're basically offering discounts to get clients on board. But something which most people don't realize is that for the average service business, they assume that a 10% discount means that you've just got to sell 10% more of the same thing to make the same profit on the bottom line. <laughs> but it's not like that because remember we talked about costs overheads. Okay. The second lever out of those three. So by the time the money's trickled down through the profit and loss account, there's this compounding effect, which happens. So actually, yep. if you were just offering a 10% discount to get clients in, you've got to sell 25% more hours to get the same net profit on the bottom line, which is like remarkable. And by the time you, you've got down to like a 20% discount, you've got to sell, you know, close to double the amount of hours in order to make the same net profit to overcome that you know, the costs and overheads in your business. It's, 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 it really erodes profits. Yeah. Yeah. This is why like we have such a huge focus in our consultancy around gross margin, because it is the foundation. It has to be there. And so I, you know, I think 50%, that's completely aligned to our baseline in terms of where we think gross margin should be. So if you're going through the exercise of figuring out like on average, how long does it take uh, to build a website in this example? But if there is a big risk profile on that, add a contingency to that and set the floor a little bit higher because you know you want to make sure that you've got good cash flow coming out of this thing early on because that's going to give you the ability to reinvest in making the process better and et cetera and marketing it and growing it um and then to your point like 30 percent, if you run a really well-run productized service business that should be well within range for you it should be where you end up um assuming that you're not like crazy overspending on overhead or, or anything like that. Um, that should be very achievable. And we see it, we see it all the time, um, even for non-productized services. So um, some good feedback there. The last thing I want to dig into really quickly, Robin, for those that want to go deeper into what you're doing at Fearless Business, consume more of your content, maybe follow you online, where should they go next? Uh, the, yeah, right now you should go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS for take your shot. So the, there's there's kind of five key lessons which I talk about in my book, Take Your Shot, um, which I think is relevant to any business. doesn't matter whether you're productized or your service, like irrespective. Um, uh, and I'm offering that to all of Marcel's listeners for all of your listeners for free uh, to go and download a copy of that. Um, fearless.biz forward slash TYS. And then obviously you can hook up with me on, on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm on all, all of the major sort of social media channels as well. Just so I understand correctly, free copy of the book over at fearless.biz forward slash TYS. Yeah, that's it. That's amazing. All right. Well, that will be in the show notes for everyone that's listening, fearless.biz forward slash TYS, as well as links to all of Robin's social and other um, content platforms. With that, uh, Robin, any last words of advice for those listening that might be thinking about delving into productizing their services? So there was a, a great quote by um, Seneca, which said, things are much worse in imagination than they are in reality. And so how that's relevant to like what we've talked about today, the moment somebody like me comes along or Marcel and, and we challenge you to increase your prices, the first thing you're going to be thinking is, oh, no, you know, international sign of distress comes out. Nobody will buy my products or services. But the reality, the reality is you don't actually know that's true. Okay, so the best thing you can possibly do is just um, take what we've talked about today and go and try it out. Just JDI, I think, was the quote, wasn't it, from Nike? Just do it because um, I, I've seen so many business owners stall on something like pricing or just making decisions in general in their business. And it, th when they do it, they're always like, oh, that wasn't as, as bad as I thought it was going to be. So just get out there and just try these things out. Like, that's the fun of doing business. 
Amazing. So with that, everyone, make sure you tune into our next episode. Wherever you're listening to this, leave us a comment. Let me know what you got from the episode, what questions you have, what insights you've got. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from listening to the show, go ahead and share this episode with them and let them know. And with that, Robin, really appreciate you diving deep into productized services with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise. Thank you, Marcel. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.